welcome back to another episode of uh, dumb dive i'm pranav i'm arvin and uh, yeah you said you were talking with your mom before the recording and like she went off on a rant about something <laughs> like talk about that uh i think so one of the uh, things that we were just discussing was that uh there's this kind of uh weird divide that happens especially at least from our experience in ed- education in india but i think it's fairly widespread around the world where people are like especially when they are writing or building any sort of content or material uh for the purpose of communication uh the the main intent is to put their thoughts and opinions and ideas on uh through the medium rather than truly trying to understand uh like how it's going to be perceived on the receiver's side and like doing basically going through uh, a process of uh, hearing from others and finding out criticism and feedback and going through that process for pretty much anything that we do to actually refine what we're trying to build on more so like actually getting into the shoes of uh, who you're actually communicating to what's the purpose of the communication mm. like Uh, like not just like putting out your message but also uh, like really like like trying to dig a bit deeper and doing a bit more introspection at every step of uh, whatever you're building like it might be an essay it might be a news article it might be a powerpoint presentation any of those yeah. things it's just uh, going that extra step that that idea isn't uh, very common and it very clearly shows like you you join a seminar or a class or just like read a, a few articles especially uh, more on the uh, the ones that aren't as thoroughly edited by uh, multiple teams of people when you look at the bigger magazines but like right. the smaller independent uh, like writings and things like that you see this mm. very clearly uh, like be like showing up in the output yeah yeah i think even in um, i'd say even in philosophy because i think you'd probably be reading more stem research papers more like tech like computer science and tech research papers yep. right like for the most part because that's where you work in and i think the same the same the same uh, problem goes with uh, philosophy where even if it's like um, even if it's published in a large journal the that's not that's not a, a guarantee of how good the paper is cuz sometimes man these papers there's there's it's not even that the jargon isn't explained so so jargon is i mean at least in philosophy it's used specifically to talk about technical terms that aren't used outside of like a very specific context like when i when i like in philosophy there's a thing called phenomenology and i'm not i think we've discussed it before and i'm not going to like really get into it anymore than just saying what the word is here because the point i'm trying to make is that when it's used in a paper the assumption is that you kind of know about it already if you're reading a, a paper on phenomenal consciousness or phenomenology or whatever but it's never made explicit um about like what that really means what it really is how do you how do you make someone who hasn't read anything in the field understand it because like it does like 
when you're writing a paper, it shouldn't matter that you've read something before or like you're going to read more after to get better context. Like it should just set out all the knowledge you need out like all the context you need for understanding a paper should be set out like at the very beginning. So you can then go ahead and say, okay, so I've set out the context. This is what I mean to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Uh, like, like it is valid when you think that research papers do often tend to like try to cater to other people, other professionals and researchers within the field. Uh, but the thing is, like very often we uh, we see them use these jargon uh, in a way where you're not really being constructive with the use of it because it might be extremely niche or even if it is broadly right. used, adding a sentence or two explaining what it is you mean can clarify a lot of things because uh, a lot of these are not like don't have standard definitions across the board. So uh, whether it's in philosophy yeah. or technology, uh, when people mention a certain, a certain uh, set of terms, it might mean something slightly different to a bunch of people. So let's say, yeah, let's yeah. say something in technology, let's say face detection. Uh, do you just mean that you are detecting whether there is a presence of a human face in, in, the, uh, in an image or a video? Or do you mean that you're trying to identify the identity of that face like who is that person uh yeah like yeah. minor distinctions exactly right? like, so like them not minor but like very subtle distinctions exactly and there are people who would use them interchangeably but there might be people who mm. who very strongly believe that one is face detection one is face recognition i'm just giving you an example like where something like this like even for uh, or maybe especially for uh, researchers and experts in the field, you want to have this clarity and it makes sense for the authors to actually get into the depth of what they mean by a lot of these things that they might be taking for granted because it will make things a lot easier to understand and also the you're more likely to convey the exact thought that you're, you're hoping to convey through that paper. No, absolutely. Um, I think one of my, one of my uh, professors in... Um undergrad said it the best when she's like so so the very first thing she said in intro to philosophy was when you're writing a, when you're writing any paper try and write it in such a way while like try and write it while thinking of the reader as like your mother or your best friend or you know your aunt like they're intelligent people you know they they almost definitely be able to understand whatever you're writing if you give them the context if you make sure they have whatever you know pre-information is necessary to make sense of what you're writing like again if i'm if i'm talking about like a uh, phenomenal consciousness you know just like give them a brief description or like you know set out the context of what you're planning to use that jargon you know like what what context you're planning to use the jargon in you know what it means for that context why it's different from like maybe other uses like set out a paragraph where you explain all these things and then you can go on and like you know you can use that and like build on it but set out the context it's literally that simple uh like this is this is what she told me like or, or told our class at like the beginning of our philosophy degree and like it's stuck with me ever since because I've read so many papers that don't cater to intelligent, like they don't follow this entire theory where it's like, 
right for your intelligent aunt or like your intelligent mother or your intelligent best friend yep. it's catering to people who already have knowledge or who already have like an understanding of the field which is it gets kind of alienating if you don't have i mean when you're studying um in undergrad or even in postgrad it gets a bit alienating sometimes when you don't have um you know friends who've studied something and understood it better or like you don't have a professor to teach you or you don't have like resources to kind of bounce off and make sense of things it gets really difficult yeah yeah but i i mean i do think that the like one of the sort of like most humbling processes that almost anywhere you can follow for for making sure that like if you feel like uh, you're not sure if the thing that you're writing or designing uh, or painting or whatever is being perceived the right way just having a few people understanding uh, like their persona like from from like your your target audience like understanding the person understanding their interest understanding their uh, level of language ability or level of comprehension ability mm. their knowledge within the space their uh, pre-existing theory and then like listening to what they say or they uh, they are able to perceive from from that thing uh, that draft let's say of what you have shown them uh like you're going to get a lot of insight uh, what you can like maybe some minor adjustments you might say something Absolutely. like uh, we we really didn't understand what you what you meant in this paragraph and that made it really difficult to follow anything that you said later even if everything else after that was like beautifully crafted uh if, oh absolutely um i think one example is uh or, or like something that actually um came up when i was came up in my my own like experiences about this thing was like i was talking uh with a couple of my friends here about my dissertation idea which is you know finding an explanatory link between horror and horror media and consciousness um so i was talking to them about this and I started using you know terms like phenomenal consciousness supervenience all of these like philosophical terms used for like certain relations and certain phenomena that we experience and you know 2 seconds into me starting talking about starting to talk about my dissertation my friend was like yo 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 just back up can you just explain everything to me like explain all the words you're using just do that and then we can go on with you know what whatever your ideas i was like oh yeah shit I, I completely forgot that there are people who don't know these words or they don't use them in the same context as me. Yep. And so like I explained, you know, all all these things. And he's like, "Okay, you know, now I follow your entire thing." And then he made like some really really solid points. So when I was like, "Okay, you know what? I have to rethink, I have to rethink how I'm approaching this or I have to rethink how I'm framing my my preliminary argument and so on and so forth." Mm. It's just like I have, like, just setting out the context allows people to be so much more critical, so much more incisive, and it allows them to be more constructive. Yeah, and also like yeah. uh, when you're with a group of uh, like friends like that, usually uh, they know that like they can just like tell their feedback openly to you. Like, I mean, t- mo- uh, yeah. most friend groups uh, w- would tend to be a bit more open like that, but if you're working with Uh, strangers or people you don't know that well you still can build uh, like a sense of trust that you are willing to listen to whatever they have to say so even if you don't have people that you feel uh, ready to share whatever you're working on whether it's at work or whatever else 
like if you mm-hmm. have someone else that you're not that familiar with you can still like like the way you approach uh like for feedback maybe you have like a well thought out uh, list of questions that you want to ask them and like uh understand their opinion about different sections of uh, of your work and and so on you can still like get that like uh that like that similar uh, feedback and i think that that process is a is a big part of what happens in design in general and i think it, it would be really really useful if that is introduced to us uh, at a at a much earlier point in our lives where it becomes like deeply encoded as a part of how we work for whatever it is because almost anything that we release out uh, into the public or like output in in any matter as work is likely something that is going to be used perceived read by someone else right so you want right. that to be effective right. absolutely like you you want people to understand what you're putting out into the world you know like they have to be like there's no point in releasing something that's not understood by anyone except like maybe five people yeah because like that's that's a point of i think a lot of discoveries at least as far as science is concerned the point is that you know these are important it furthers you know our acquisition of knowledge the way we can manipulate our en- environment the way we can create products and like kind of build on an existing knowledge base for that to happen a wide community has to kind of understand what knowledge is being gained what we are building on and so on and so forth and for that to happen there has to be an interest right like f- for people to seek out like okay we need to understand this we want to read about this we want to study it and if knowledge is not made accessible it becomes really difficult to gain interest in things yep. yeah which is which is where i think this entire episode comes from where like it's it's um it's just making knowledge accessible at like different levels i'm assuming mm-hmm. Uh, so so right now i think both of us are talking about you know a level that's beyond like i think or, or at like a college level and beyond at like university level and beyond where it's research papers that you're reading you're reading like fairly technical work i think though the same issue of like accessibility of knowledge can go back to school yeah um because because when you look at teaching styles in india i think we have covered this a little or like we we kind of mentioned it in passing in like a couple of episodes where the predominant teaching style from you know our personal experience as well as you know the way as well as like a lot of our friends and peers and people we've met online and so on the common teaching experience that a lot of people have been been through is just rote learning mm-hmm. where it's not like the knowledge isn't made accessible you just have to regurgitate it yeah i i so think so you're nothing more than like i think one one uh like broad way to describe the the main form of education is that mm-hmm. it's on information like just like being able to store information and retrieve it when you need it uh rather than understanding right. where that information comes from and understand learning how to learn something like that like like or you know even the why we're learning yeah it, exactly like a, a genuine it's why. literally just yeah. like we are given several facts and expected to remember those facts and use them when we are uh 
also told when to use them you know what i mean it's like whether it's math yeah. language sciences everything is taught in a similar way absolutely where absolutely. you are provided absolutely. let's say certain laws of physics and you're told that when you're given a problem where uh, it's it's a log rolling down a hill uh, use these laws of how uh, with, yeah exactly use these yeah. formula which govern how things move even if they they very yeah. quickly run through how that was derived that is not the focus of the 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 learning experience and also the like like if you were to just like very quickly just run through how that is derived you don't really get the feel as a learner of mm-hmm. what all mental sort of gymnastics you need to do to actually take like look at a problem and start understanding on your own how to break that down so you could achieve at that that uh, same solution you know what i mean uh, yeah i think even in math right which i think is probably um i i think it's both the easiest and the most difficult field to make accessible because like take for example something like derivations uh, that we had to do in like 11th and 12th grade like like the calculus derivations mm-hmm. and stuff um where you know you're given like um you have to integrate like a certain whatever blah 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 all that math stuff which i've completely erased from my mind um but you're not you're not taught the logical flow of like how you go from this step to this step why this happens you know what's the reason for all of this you just said you just told okay if this occurs substitute with this formula substitute with this further breakdown of like the entire expression yep and it it, it makes it like algorithmic and yeah like you said it's just you you store data and retrieve it as and when needed yeah you you're basically you're a not, biological told, like like hard drive that's that's all yeah yeah, yeah exactly but but you're not told what the data is for why you're using it and so on so like you're still working at at the level of a biological hard drive and not at the level of like a general intelligence or even a specialized intelligence which is where we're at now when when we're looking at mechanisms or like computers and stuff right? yeah you're not you're not even at the level of like a basic ai uh, that's really like like i'm laughing but it's honestly like really sad to think of when when we break it down it is it is and again like i'm not saying that aren't teachers who really go out of the out of the way to try and make things accessible try and like take you through that logical fr- flow and so on i think i think a lot of us ha- have had like fairly good teachers um or like really good teachers for different for different subjects but like that's also i think we have to bring in a certain level of like economic and social privilege when we're talking about the access to these things to like 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 access to good teachers who really care and have the time and the freedom and like the commitment to kind of put their energy into teaching um into teaching things in a more accessible and more fun way yeah whereas when you when you go to like schools that maybe aren't as well funded or you know maybe they don't have um you know the kind of freedom that a small classroom or like sm- a small batch of students would have or like would afford the teachers you know when you have like 50 60 students in a single class you don't have the 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 freedom to kind of try and make it inclusive and like interesting for everyone so you you go back to like the easiest thing which is rote learn learn these facts 
apply this formula where it's needed and that's it done you know yeah it it it, it i like i think but i do i sorry, i, I yeah, do strongly ahead. think that uh, so the problem like like the fact that uh, this idea of having to uh, like reconstruct a lot of the syllabus that is usually provided to teachers from the education boards and uh, the, the content that needs to be delivered uh, like a lot of that responsibility falls on the teacher to make it more interesting uh, but and that like we've luck had the luck of having teachers who went that extra mile to like make interactive yeah. ways of of delivering content trying to give us like a more realistic applications of a lot of the things that we're working on especially in things like math and yeah. so on which uh, very often uh, what we learn in school feels very disconnected from things that we uh, we use in daily exactly, life right yeah. like Uh, people of because you're not going to use trigonometry people right? often do say things like that right you're not going to use trigonometry you're not going to yeah. use like the the quadratic formula or whatever right but but the thing yeah, is yeah, when yeah. when it's actually brought to you uh, in a way where uh, like say just like eyeballing the height of a flag post that's like 100 <coughs> meters away like like it's something that like once yeah. you realize like you can actually just do that in your head if you kind of know the general principles of trigonometry and the way the math works uh, and and yeah. like like you're able to figure out places in your daily life where you can apply things like that uh, because it's like it's just understanding that you have a tool at your disposal that can be used mm. in a huge variety of spaces it's just that you need to break down the surroundings around you to figure out where that Absolutely. tool can be used and like the like most I mean, of these or or even if even if you look at the same thing as math right like you look at trigonometry calculus and so on i mean we are taught just an algorithmic thing of like just substitute this formula when this expression is used or like do it this way for this thing but it it's it's this deep logical problem and like problem solving is something that i think a lot of kids genuinely do enjoy mm-hmm. which is why like video games which is why like even games like football and like cricket and so on it, it's why we play when we're young because that's how we solve problems that's how we learn you know like in our life we'll have problems that we need to solve we'll have things we need to do like breaking math down into like so this is a logic problem i've given you like this set of expressions what do you think is the most suitable and like forcing the student to like actually think through the logic of why they have to make certain substitutions or why certain expressions have to be broken down into you know like more composite expressions and then like individually calculated yeah like all of those things force you to tackle these these logical problems in different ways and it makes you think about everything a lot more critically which i genuinely think was like a huge plus point of my math teacher yeah in in high school cuz she went out of her way like genuinely out of her way to like sit all of us down like 100 plus kids right so she took like supplementary classes for every single section so so biology commerce and computer science and she just sat us all like in separate classrooms and had like supplementary lessons one after the other and she prepared completely different question sets for each of us every two days and question sets of like 100 plus problems and like she would sit in class and go through each problem like 
in detail like why this substitution is used this is a logical thing like this is why you have to do this but she never said this is the only way to do it she's like so this is like how i do it has anyone done it in a different way and she straight up asked that at the beginning of every class and like i i i still don't enjoy math but like it it genuinely made me put so much more effort into into my boards just because you know here here was a teacher who was putting so much effort into making it accessible or if not accessible at least forcing us to think about it a little more than we usually would yeah I, I, and that just changes i think that's the big point where actually getting the student to think uh and yeah. really like use their brain to try to identify like how to use it rather than just like following the instructions of you do like this is the problem these are the steps get to the answer uh because yeah. i feel like when you are uh like in school you kind of know the 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 sort of categories of like problems and questions you're going to be given so it's like yeah, like yeah. you know when to use what but the thing is in a real uh, like real world situation like you're going to <laughs> yeah. like if you're going to have uh to like take say uh let's say you're a football player and yeah. you're chasing down another player who has the ball like do you run directly at them like di- like diagonally towards them but then like and le- like right. let's say you're both at the same space i'm putting this like i'm really phrasing this like a math problem but like trying to yeah, uh, yeah, figure yeah. out like what's the optimal path is something that once you really sort of understand the math that goes behind it it's something that can be like uh like like you can sort of internalize it and think about it in a different way where you might not really realize that you're you're doing math you know what i mean yeah like you you would yeah, realize yeah, yeah. that exactly. it's going to take you almost half as long if if like like if you're going to run directly at him and that person is going to be like running straight forward they're just going to like zoom past you so yeah absolutely no i i mean i have i mean another story is like one of the tuition classes i went to was done by a couple of um, like i think one guy was a iit professor and the other guy was retired or something but basically two physics professors and you know super passionate about what they're teaching and they tricked us into studying physics by making references to like total recall and terminator and all these movies and saying oh you remember this scene where this happened this is the principle they used this is how it happened this is why it works that way this is how sci-fi writers kind of like they harnessed this concept and then reworked it and like they found a hook they found a way to make us interested and like uh, like force us to ask questions like oh wait so you're saying it works like this okay so how does it work like this in the context of the movie you know like what is the application in the movie and like just finding a hook or finding a way to like force students to be like oh wait wait i've come across this i think i've seen this i think i kind of get it but i don't understand it well enough so i'm going to ask questions because this guy knows exactly the the reference i'm going to make or like he gets the context i think it like like finding ways to bridge gaps or like finding ways to like make these problems pertinent to students either through like media or you know through like using sports or something as an example or just by making them critically think about the logical steps for a, a derivation for mm-hmm. example is like okay so why why is the next step this yeah. you know can anyone tell me how it goes from here to yeah. here or like why it goes from here to here kind of thing 
like all these all these small steps they really they really really do help a lot in making not just the knowledge accessible but like enforcing students to change the pa- to change their paradigm of thinking from like passive passive like recipients of knowledge to like pursuers of knowledge yeah i think i think that's that, a- that shift in identity yeah uh, uh, you know that shift in identity is super huge yeah, I I really love the way you phrased that, like switching over to pursuers of knowledge from passive receivers, because I think that is the main change that needs to happen. But the thing is, like what I was saying earlier, is that the responsibility lies a bit too strongly on the teacher to actually modify oh, the 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 content that they need to deliver and like try to identify the sort of topics that the the their uh, core students would would be able to relate to and try to make sure that the material uh, connects I mean, more than anything i think i mean another big problem is just that in india at least the entire point of education is just you prep the students for the boards so they can get into a college get a degree and get a yes. job like it's it's a straight pipeline like like it's an assembly line almost yeah. right because you go through school you learn certain formulae you regurgitate them onto entrance exams you get into a certain college you learn more formulae regurgitate them onto your exams get a certain gpa go to a you know you get into a job and then you realize everything you've learned and regurgitated just doesn't make sense to you because you've never tried practically applying it i think you've the, never tried yeah, like the, actually exactly i think the it. like a like a very common uh, thing that a lot of people especially at our age phase is that mm. they haven't really had the chance to actively pursue knowledge and people don't realize yeah. that like seeking uh, like something like say there's a skill that you don't know how to do and learning how to do that is a skill in itself oh and absolutely that is um, something that i think I mean, that can be taught at a early stage and that will like I, I very strongly believe that that can cut down a lot of difficulties that we have uh, in our lives because like we, we just like things are constantly changing we're gonna have to keep being ahead of the curve or at least with the curve of what's right. uh, going on there's technology changing the people are changing there's yeah, a yeah. lot of uh, culture and values keep changing and you need to keep learning and staying up to date and if you're not actively seeking knowledge you're the one who's being left behind and there's no one to come pick you up and bring you along like i i mean i think that that's definitely one thing where you know we have to change the fact that you know a lot of students are like or like students have to change the fact that they're receivers and not pursuers of knowledge they have to be willing to go out and ask and like seek because i guarantee there are teachers who will be super happy if you just go up to them and ask questions but more than that i think there's also this 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 like i think generations um there's like this generations uh, or sorry this generational paradigm i was trying to like make sense of uh, what i'm trying to say but like there's a generational paradigm where you you aren't you don't know any other way to teach or to learn you can't figure out any other way to teach and learn and like like the reason the reason i'm saying this is like that so so when i left engineering when i left uh, vit to you know drop out and go to ashoka the first thing my friends said to me what like they were like oh dude you're so lucky 
but it wasn't that i was dropping out of vit or like leaving engineering or anything but like dude you're so lucky you figured out what you want to do which is not engineering mm. like you figured out that you don't want to do this and you want to do something else and like when they said that it's like the amount of agency the number of experiences you need to go through the the kind of support you have the power your parents hold over you like emotionally physically monetarily everything like there are so many factors that just they that play a role in whether you yourself are willing to make that change from like a recipient to a pursuer and this is this is like obviously a personal experience but i think a similar thing kind of holds over a lot of students where un- unless they go through something which is you know you go through a course and you you have this like you have this immediate deep visceral thing of like i cannot study this or i literally do i i just can't keep going like this i can't keep studying like this yeah. you know like unless you have like something that really jars you you don't know anything else and it's so difficult to pull someone out of like an entrenched paradigm you know it's why people thought the world was flat for so long until you know galileo said oh no it's kind of round bro do you mean bob <laughs> but yeah <laughs> jokes aside yeah that, i think that's really uh, that's a, a, a very important point to make uh and but i i just like really think that there's we are i guess we are like on this uh we've been noticing a change in priority which is why i guess even this idea has come up to us in that we are yeah learning to identify that this ability and freedom uh, to seek knowledge to identify the things that you are interested in to also not put yourself in a box and define yourself by a, a certain set of of topics and objects that you are interested in and allowing yourself to keep like uh being fascinated and learn more about and know that like 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 know what tools mm. you have at your disposal to learn something right uh, because yeah uh like one thing that especially uh, in the indian system like once let's say you're in college or you're out of college and you want to learn a new skill whether it's a it's a new language it's a new uh sort of technology that you want to learn how to use or an art skill any of those like the first yeah. uh, i feel like approach that most people want to do is try to find like a like a college class or some sort of like taught instructed class where the information is yeah. directly handed over to them given so that they can again yeah. put themselves in the position of being a passive receiver of information because we're so used mm. to the to, to the process of being given the information that we uh at like that someone's dictating that we are supposed to know if we need to learn this topic rather than right just using a wide varieties of of uh immersion and exposure and and talking to people and trying to build things and trying to do things and let's say if it's a language trying to converse try to find natives of that language just talk to them and and learn from them more on like the cultural side and and things like that right uh like i, yeah. I think there's uh there's a, mm-hmm. there's a, a very uh, clear argument of both are very uh, very important but i just think that going completely into just receiving information is not sufficient to make the learning complete 
and no, which absolutely. is why we see a gap uh, or uh, in a lot of the other education that we have uh, just like receiving information about say politics and civics and history that we learned at school and not really trying to analyze deeper into uh, what's going on what is the psyche how were people feeling at that time what was the cultural like actual yeah. energy like along those different time periods that we've had in history or let's say in politics and uh, and civics like trying to really understand how the law is structured rather than just knowing the number of people in the parliament now knowing like like what the term duration is like those are important facts to know but that's not I really mean, like it's not like it doesn't really give you the essence of kind of what that topic really sh- should be trying to yeah. convey I, i mean i agree i i mean i just want to ask like how much of this do you think stems from this kind of blind trust in authority that india at least i think socially has you know cuz uh-huh. cuz it is it, there is a sense that you know if someone is an authority on something yep. you take their word for it cuz you don't know better yeah but people in authority make mistakes all the time which we don't learn about in school or we don't learn about it enough in school and and even in school we taught to like respect the teachers their word is what's important follow their rules follow their teaching blah 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 so on so forth i think and, one difference and, that is like, being made I, here is that we I, i feel like as a culture haven't really understood the difference between respecting someone and obeying someone and i feel like when yeah. people use the word ref- respect in india they often mean just like blindly obeying just which blind obedience obedience itself yeah. is an absurdly common word in indian vocabulary which itself to me is kind of weird when you think of how rarely it's used in uh like yeah. like other anglophonic parts of the world but again yeah so i think uh i think it might have stemmed from a culture that was hierarchical and you listen to uh the superior but i think what it ha- yeah, what I mean, it's become also, I- in current society is a lack of respect for the learner in the fact that mm. uh w- like when let's say we are in a let's say in a classroom setting or any sort of like medium where there is a person who is the expert and there is the learner there's not enough respect right. in the fact that the student is capable of thinking and understanding to a deeper extent than uh like what is being imagined because you aren't giving the student the opportunity to actually explore and and the time and like you know there's just that little bit of support mm. to actually try to uh dig into right. the problems and try to identify how to how they would uh break down uh a certain situation using what they have at their disposal and very very likely right. they are going to come at least identify the type of uh shortcomings or like the sort of things that you want to use as a stepping stone to then mm. introduce the way uh a sort of concept was theorized or uh sort of experiments were conducted in the sciences and what results right. they had Oh, I love I love the way you said that like a lack of respect for the learner like that's amazing <laughs> it, it it actually ties into the um, it ties into the intelligent aunt kind of uh 
story that I told in the beginning, uh, because that's the point. Like, that's the point. Also, uh, that's the point my professor was trying to make, which is you know you make things accessible and easy and like understandable, but don't talk down. You know, yep. or like don't don't say like this is the only way. Just like say this is a way. This is some knowledge. This is how you get to it. And what what do you want to do with it? Like leave it up to the learner to like try and understand what you what you're trying to give them what you're trying to like or like what findings you're trying to show and why it's important and then leave it to the listener to try and make sense of it they're not dumb exactly give give them give them respect for their intelligence i, I think i think in a lot of schools that respect isn't given to children from like a young age they're not encouraged to be curious unless you go to like again like uh, there's a wealth barrier yep or, or at least a status barrier um that that comes in when you try and like look at schools that encourage curiosity encourage play encourage like a lot of these things that really hone um that that like seriously influence you from like an incredibly young age mm-hmm. um because i mean um because it's at that age where you kind of develop this thing of like oh the people around me are actively trying to solve problems like as a kid you look at adults around you and how they enable you you look at the you look at the peers around you and how they you know how they work how they approach problems how they approach things how they approach relation uh, how they approach relationships and through that you form your own like internal working models on how you should do things and like at at like a basic level from like elementary school onwards like respecting a child's curiosity and like really feeding it is what education should be about mm-hmm. but it's not and like it 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 really does it, it really does make me think sometimes like wh- why because you look at you look at some of the greatest minds that you know science has given for example like obviously you can bring up any other field but you know you have people like um Albert Einstein, Carl Sagan, Richard Feynman and you have so many of these writers and like really really well respected like widely respected scientists whose entire thing was try and be as curious as a child try and have that freedom of thought because you will go out of your way to try and learn more yeah and it just makes me think why don't we respect that when we're respecting it in these adults you know in like these authorities in their field why don't we respect that in children as because you know they don't have the authority yet mm-hmm. yeah it's I, i don't know i i think the rec- there was um what was it two years back or something there was a educational reform that happened uh, there was a series of laws passed NEP. in india that were reforming national uh, education policy yeah nep yeah 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 nep yeah 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 that was the one i think that's honestly like amazing like ground steps like j- just genuinely a great great reform to the educational policy of india because it gives students so many more options like that that limited amount of agency alone can seriously change whether you are a pursuer or a receiver because just knowing i had the option to drop out and that my parents were willing to support me if i knew what i wanted to do once i dropped out that gave me like it it gives you so much more power when you have that little bit of space yeah to choose and to like really think about what you want to do and so on it forces you to become a lot more critical about yourself at minimum 
and i don't mean critical as in like criticism i mean critical as in like you look through what what is important to you you look through your priorities what you your what you think at that moment is calling for calling yeah. to you and you're like okay you know what this is this is where my interest to study like i want to learn more about this thing i want to learn about these tools so i can put it into use here like it forces you to think a few steps ahead and like to make sense of your um your world view your like your entire situation at a fairly young age and you know like like having that having that choice at like what is what was it eighth grade where you can choose your subjects mm-hmm. i think from eighth to like twelfth standard you can choose your subjects now um according to the nep something like yeah that. i i think uh, like, beyond just the choice of subjects there's also a lot of other things of course uh, i i yeah. have we have quite a few contacts in the field of education and i've heard both sides where mm. there is a lot of genuinely like amazing things that are being brought in in the fields that are, like the a lot of the concepts that you were talking about is uh, what is like broadly categorized under socio emotional learning where you give students the opportunity yeah. to uh, introspect a bit more and understand their uh, like like their interests their priorities like understand their personality uh, understand each other yeah. and also not just this that's where the social part comes in right like knowing that everyone's different mm-hmm. everyone has different priorities they come from a different background understanding what the impact of what they might say to their peers are emotionally and things like that like that is an actual aspect of education that's being brought in there's also a lot of other things with the the form of assessment the type of content the priorities that the content is right. going to have there's ideas like uh, they want schools to work with uh, local experts in different fields like it can be absolutely anything mm. just bring them to school and introduce that as like a sort of like career option like you know what i mean like have someone who who is an artist in their life and just come come to school and speak and tell the uh, and like show what they do yeah uh, that it's viable yeah, exactly so you're introducing a lot of these other pathways rather than the the you know like the the factory pipeline that you mentioned earlier of like getting into uh, either engineering or medicine and like immediately after university and just like keep going step by step into the next stage of the pipeline like there is yeah other absolutely. things as well and introducing that to students at a younger age so they have the time to really uh, internalize the internalize exactly, it. like yeah. get into it uh, like use the time especially like the time that we get in school like to actually dive deeper into oh it Lord, yeah. uh so you're not in a position like like you yourself were in where you've started your engineering and then you start like like yeah. like diving deeper in because you clearly are like feel at odds with what what you uh, what you're learning there and then you have to drop out and make a relatively riskier and big like more drastic move to to switch fields completely yeah yeah i think like again I mean, my feel, my 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 story is also a little different in that. While I think there is like a social and parental pressure for a lot of students to get into you know STEM related fields and so on, uh, that that was never the case yeah. in my house. Um, I'm I'm super super like fortunate to say that, but at the same time, a lot of a lot of people aren't, and I think, I think a, a, another thing that you know bringing people in from like. humanities and social sciences and showing parents as well as to as well as children like you know you can make an absolutely good living 
even if you don't do STEM, even if you don't do economics, even if you don't do like these classically respected fields like law and chartered accountancy and all of these things, even outside of all of these fields that Indian parents place like a, 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 a prestige on, you know, there's still very valuable, very remunerative fields out there. You can become a designer. And, you know, while fine arts can be scoffed at at school, you know, as an elective and, oh, it's just free time. There are people who harness their time there, get into design, and they're making great money. And, like, they're, they're, they're being part of, like, important work. And I think with the way you know? that uh, we are as a society now, that, uh, like, the, the sort of things that you do in design... Uh, particularly like stand out to me as something that is entering every other uh, aspect of our lives as well because oh yeah like yeah, yeah. you need to stand out and have your message seen and like be visible in the world especially when there's a lot of noise on the internet and so on so having the skills to really hone your talents on uh like b- building like compelling visuals and aesthetics and like uh like yeah. a clear and easy to u- use uh system whether it's uh, a mechanical object or a, uh, like a computer software or just like a piece of text or like a publication that's really easy to read and understand the visual like the data visualization is wonderful and so on right like everywhere we yeah. go we kind of see that and and i think that like uh, like you said like art and design and those type of topics who have always been considered like less important sort of like free time you're not really doing anything productive in those times but i think that there's a lot of learning yeah if that is gone through in the right way uh that is very applicable to any of us anywhere i think there's also there's also like two other points i want to make which is you know we talk about art not being like productive in the traditional sense or like in in at least an indian exactly. social sense where you know it's seen as a hobby you can do it for fun all of that but you know i i'd say like the pandemic has really put into focus that you know art music you know films all these things that we kind of look at as not technically productive they're so valuable to just like keeping in touch with what it means to be human because it, it like like i like during the pandemic during lockdown is when i felt the most isolated the most like out of touch i'd ever felt with like all my friends they like no, none of my friends were in the same city even if they were i couldn't go out because lockdown right i couldn't leave my house because there were like four cases in um my apartment this is like beginning of the pandemic i'm talking and and at that time the only real way to like keep in touch with what it fe- what it means to feel what it means to be outside and like what it means to like talk to people is vicarious it's through movies through tv shows through you know people on youtube watching content creators and i think this entire thing of the pandemic and having to have stayed locked in for so long has honestly changed like perceptions about art at least in the western field to a large degree like people are no longer viewing it as just oh art it's like okay while it's not like financially or like you know it's not as important in quotation marks you know as like something like computer science maybe and like building our economic systems or building a back end for something art still provides this insanely important aspect of 
what it means to be human which is it's an emotional release it's a way for us to connect it's a way for us to experience in a way that we normally wouldn't and i think even in india that slow change has been happening now and it's been accelerated quite a bit by um, by the pandemic so that's one which is like this this kind of social importance of art and art art related fields like the humanities they are increasing which is i think great um well the second thing i wanted to do wanted to say is in relation to the design thing which is i think honestly design and marketing should be taught like at like from a young age like just straight up cuz cuz at some point everything in your life is marketing you know getting a job applying to a university um making friends you know like there's so many aspects where you just have to market yourself and like learning these principles of marketing and like how how you kind of relate with someone or how you kind of like put yourself in a certain space um or how you know like all of these things it it, it helps so much like just understanding that everything is marketing to a certain extent helps so much yeah absolutely like that that that's an odd Yeah, sorry, I went off. No, no, no. That, that's <laughs> two very, very important and fascinating points to end on. I think that that's a good place to wrap up. So, uh, yeah, just everything is marketing. Think about design. Try and like really go out of your way to learn. And if you come across bad papers, please send them to me so I can shout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's been this episode of Dumb Dive. Uh, I think it went a little deeper than we usually do. But hey. uh part of the course now uh, you can follow it and you can follow us at dumb dive podcast on instagram uh at dumb dive on twitter um email us at dumbdive@gmail.com uh yeah follow us on our socials get us to 20 billion followers/subscribers whatever um leave us a 10 star rating on all podcast for uh, platforms and uh, yeah yeah don't just be a passive receiver be an active seeker of pursue us <laughs> yeah, be an active seeker of dumb dive <laughs> but thanks for listening uh, and we'll catch you next time <laughs>